Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. And welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. A couple quick announcements reminding all of you who are joining us this week, this Saturday, boom, butter, boom, here in Austin for the Harris VIP Mastermind. Um, come ready to take notes, stay focused. This is going to be a very intense day-long event. Um, and uh, if you guys love the podcast, you're going to be blown away when you attend the event. So definitely get ready. And uh, it, so the official day is Saturday. There'll be some unplanned things that happen on Friday, unplanned things that happen on Sunday. By unplanned, I mean, I'm assuming a lot of the attendees will be socializing and maybe Julie and I will uh, mix with a few of those things, but we've got meetings set up pretty much solid for the next three days or starting on Friday. So anyway, point is, is make sure when you're here, you're ready to actually learn. This isn't just a you know rah-rah fest as usual real estate seminars are. This is an actual mastermind, something that many of you probably have never experienced before. That's number one. Number two, I had an interesting email and then a coaching call with uh, a client right before today's show, and he asked me a question uh, towards the end of our coaching call, and I was going to I told him I didn't have a chance to answer him on the coaching call, so I'm going to restate his question, and then I'm going to um, you know tell him the answer. So. Listeners, here was his question, and this guy was a very successful agent out in L.A., and his question was, or his apprehension was, he wants to, and I'll just say it, buy a Ferrari. So he wants to buy a Ferrari, and he is uh, not understanding, um, and I have many clients, as just Julie, who basically have gotten a lot of business from you know, car clubs or from, uh, you know, horses or from, you know, things that have interest are of interest to them. It's one of the secret, uh, you know, I, if you want to call it a secret, I hate using that word, but it's one of the secrets of being successful in sales is that you be yourself doing what you like to do around other people who have similar interests. And when you do that, you're naturally going to attract them to you and you're naturally going to have conversations that will result in you creating friends uh, at a very uh, fast pace. So you don't feel like you're being fake. Right, so if you're gonna, you know, we've had people that, for example, are into, um, you know, humane societies and pet events and things like that. Just be you, doing what you love to do already, and then you'll find that the flow of conversation towards talking about real estate is very simple. And so that's what I told him. In essence, that's the answer. So yes, if he wants to get a Ferrari, he could easily afford it. He should go get a Ferrari. But just getting a Ferrari by itself. It's not enough. He's going to actually have to go to Ferrari events. He's going to have to meet Ferrari people. He's going to have to go to the Ferrari clubs. He's going to have to do all that stuff. And when he does all that stuff, he is going to expand his business, uh, assuming he works it. Now, again, I, I know I'm talking about Ferraris here, and some of you are going like, is Tim on crack? What's his problem? Why is he talking about this? The overall uh, theme of what, how I'm answering his question is still the same no matter where you are. You could be into hunting. You could be into golf. I mean, Julie had a, a coaching client here in Austin, first name of David, and um, he wouldn't prospect. <laughs> you know, he wouldn't do anything other than play golf. Uh, he was being coached by Julie, and Julie said, fine, I want you to start playing golf four or five days of the week, which he was like, oh, right, finally, this is the coach I've been looking for. <laughs> but you can't play with the same people, and every time you play golf, you have to generate a lead. 
And that was his objective. And as a result of that, Julie, didn't his business like triple the first year? Yeah. And it was and just it, him like, being him doing what he loves to do? Yeah. But the, here's the difference. Yeah. He had, the requirement was he had to actually talk about real estate and stop being a secret agent. And once he started doing that, the leads started flowing, curiously, right? Makes sense. Uh, and also by upgrading one of the golf clubs that he was playing at, his center of influence expanded and all good things come. So for him, he does have multiple spokes in the wheel. They all just happen to be different types of golf spokes. He goes to tournaments, uh, goes to charitable events, things like that. So to your point, be yourself, have people know, love, and trust you as you, but talk about real estate so that that can be the second part. And it does work. Well, you, so, there you are. Julie, when, when we sold real estate in Columbus, Ohio, Yes, we sold real estate, and yes, you guys should be using the uh, questions that we've prepared for you on comparacoach.com when interviewing or considering any other coaches. The first question is, have you ever sold real estate? Why am I drilling down on this now? Because you guys will be stunned how few people calling themselves real estate coaches ever sold real estate before. So when Julie and I sold real estate at a high level between 100 and 200 homes per year for almost 10 years in Columbus, Ohio, one of our biggest sources of business was Julie's music sphere, because as some of you guys know, Julie was a professional musician, and she would play in orchestras and bands and all this other stuff. And we started getting a ton of business from those groups. And you think Julie was talking about uh, real estate when she was at those events or when she was at those practices? No, never. But what happened is, is she would always show up looking a little bit nicer than maybe people would normally show up to a practice, and they would ask her why is she looking nice, and she'd say, I'm coming from the office, I'm coming from a closing, something of that nature, and that would give them permission to start talking about whatever their real estate questions were. And from that, it blossoms into an incredible source of business for our real estate practice. That's what we're talking about. So, Ben, in L.A., that's the answer to your question. Work it. If you're you're going to do it because you're going to create a spoke around it, a lead generation income spoke, then hell yeah, double down on that, especially in L.A. I mean, come on now. All right. So, Julie, uh, today's podcast. Yes. Yes. Okay. So this is a special request from some of our premier coaching clients and some podcast listeners, because we often talk about when you are following up, when you're trying to get an appointment set to follow up with something of value, not just, Hey, how's it going? I'm calling to follow up. Right? So that's the theme today is what is something of value? And we also talk about a call to action to actually close for the appointment. So here's your magic formula. Offering something of value plus a call to action equals profit. But let's start with some facts. First fact, most salespeople are terrible at lead follow-up, asking for the business, and setting appointments. Most salespeople are terrible at this, or at least have uh, fits of terribleness when they get busy, when they get uh, financially scared, they do a worse job. But, you know, generally this is something that needs improvement. Another fact These are the same things that create profit. Remember that profit is your product, so don't be terrible at this. 44% of salespeople give up after one closing attempt. 80% of sales occur after five follow-ups. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? So this means that 44% of agents aren't even putting in 20% of what it takes to create a sale. If you're not getting appointments, it's because you're giving up too fast. Here's the typical agent. Hey, this is Jack with ABC Realty. Just calling to follow up with you about buying here in Austin. Call me back if you're still looking. Or, hi, it was great meeting with you last night. You've got a great home. Let me know if you have any questions about the process. Okay, do you see how I'm not yet offering anything of value, and I'm certainly not closing for the appointment. Hey, this is Jackie with XYZ Realty. You emailed me about a house here for sale in Rockland. Give me a call back. Now, here's the fact. 
All of those types of messages are missing something of value. In fact, in Fanatical Prospecting, Jeb Blunt talks about the fact that just following up our three, what does he call it? He says it's like the three words, the kiss of death and follow up that you might as well not be calling, calling if you say just following up or just catching up with you, stuff like that. It, it implies that you are not that serious. Okay? So all of the messages as my example is something of value is missing. Why would they call you back if you have little to offer? Why would they do that? Do they even remember who you are, how they know you, or how you got their number? So here's the secret. People buy and sell with agents who have and do the following. Now, this is proven. We know this from, I don't know, tens of thousands of transactions, calls, prospecting calls, lead follow-up ourselves, not to mention our hundreds of thousands of coaching calls where we know this is the case. And I would say probably that statistic is maybe even a little bit generous because if 44% of salespeople give up after one closing attempt, how many people didn't even make that first closing attempt? So people buy and sell with agents who happen to do the following. Point number one, this is the practical applicable part. Massive amounts of energy and enthusiasm actually sound like someone you'd want to do business with. So how do you do that? I've got point A, B, and C. <clears throat> Excuse me. Get a mirror in your office. That's point A, a mirror. Do you look enthusiastic? Are you smiling? Are you dressed professionally? Or are you in your sweatpants and flip-flops? Or maybe even your jammies, okay? Get a mirror in your office. Look like somebody who is setting appointments. B, stand up, walk around, talk with your hands. This helps you get your heart rate up and your mindset positive. Point C, record some of your calls and be introspective. Would you have given you an appointment? So here's another secret. Research shows that people will list or buy with the first agent who responds to them in almost every case. Urgency makes a huge difference. Furiously fast lead follow-up. That's one of our mantras. So I want to hover here, Tim, if you want to add anything to this thought of, you know, people do actually want to be closed when they're motivated. Wouldn't you agree with that? Well, the, the bottom line is furiously fast lead follow-up wins. There's been a whole bunch of studies that have d been done over the years that have shown most uh, agents, I'm sorry, most sellers when choosing the listing agent for them hire the first agent that they meet. I think that's an incredibly important statistic for you guys to remember because it means that the playing field is more level than you think. It's not the agent who has the best branding or the best marketing or the biggest team or mailed them the most crap to their house or dropped off the most pumpkin pies for whatever this other, you know, you guys get what I'm saying here. It's the first agent that they meet. And so how do most sellers meet agents? Well, obviously, you're going to be talking about some of the fundamental things like open houses and things of that nature. But meeting also means it's whoever calls the lead back the quickest. How many of you, if you're being honest, don't call your leads back at all. Or if you call your leads back, you really don't, and it goes to voicemail, you have really nothing compelling to say, and nothing ever comes from it. So here's a cure for that. Answer the damn phone when it rings. There's one idea. Number two, make sure that your voicemail is cleared out. Don't have a bunch of bogged up messages where your voicemail can't take any more messages. Some of you have that happening right now. Have you checked? Think about these things. Number three, when someone does call you, you call them back immediately. What does immediately mean? It means now. It means like 30 to 45 seconds. 
Don't make excuses. Don't tell yourself, well, I don't want to seem too pushy. I don't want to seem too desperate. Well, guess what? By not seeming in your mind too pushy or desperate, you're seeming lazy, and they're not going to do business with you. But in all reality, they're going to forget that they called you. They're going to lose interest in the house. You're going to basically have waited too long, and that moment is over for you to form that relationship. What to say? Use our scripts, guys. When you're calling somebody back, a buyer, remember, in most price ranges in most of the country, 50% of those buyers are also going to have a house to sell. So when you're using our buyer pre-call script, when you're calling them back, you're going to pull within the first, like, 15 seconds. We designed the script so you're going to find out if they have a house to sell. What do most people do? What do most weak agents do? What do most weak trainers, train agents to do? Form a relationship. Find out what you have in common. Bond with them. And then about 20 minutes into the call, maybe find out if they have a house to sell. Here's the problem with that. First of all, they know you're fake friending them, number one. Number two, no one's going to stay on the phone with you that long. The days of staying on the phone with people that long are over. So if you can't get out of them uh, what their motivations are, their time frames are, if they have a house to sell or not, if you can't get all, the, all that information out of them, within the first, like, realistically 20 seconds, you're not going to get that lead. But it all starts with furiously fast lead follow-up. How many of you have no fast lead follow-up? How many of you have teams and you think your buyer's agents or your staff are doing furiously fast lead follow-up? I got an idea. Why don't you test them? Why don't you call in, you know, from a mass number and see how long it takes for them to call back. Don't be surprised when the answer is never because that's what's happening in most of your businesses. Those of you who have teams, who have buyer's agents, what's the number one thing they complain about? I know what it is. The leads suck. We don't get enough leads. We're not closing more houses because we don't have any leads. Well, the fact is, is they're not working. They're not working the leads that they get. They're not calling people back. They're not asking pre-qualifying questions. You know, they're fake friending opposed to actually trying to close for information that's going to help them sell a house. Weak sales skills is the bottom line. Does this make sense to all of you? I know it does. Practical and tactical. Next point, Julie. That's right. So point number two, actual market knowledge does matter. Are you answering the actual question they have or the actual need in which you first communicated? Remember, we're providing something of value. They asked for something. You've got it. Think they're the cat. You've got the catnip. A, did you research the property they called on before you called them back, as well as the other homes like it which may meet their needs? Well, that only takes 22 seconds using any number of apps that you've already got on your smartphone. B, seller leads. Did you look up their home, their neighborhood, the average days in the market, and the trends? What do you know about their subject property? Point C, are you winging it and praying to the real estate gods, or are you intending to set a qualified appointment? That's the difference between just following up, just touching base, and I've got what you want. Here's the time we can meet. See the difference? Point number three, call with the intent to set an appointment, not just to, quote, get through your calls. People can tell the difference. Coaches can tell the difference when you say, well, I made my contacts versus I set appointments. Big difference. Contacts on their own have no value. Appointments are what gives you value. Point number four, and this is a big one. This will drive some of you guys crazy. Forget, mirror, and match. Actually listen for content, intention, and need. You don't have to fake listening if you're really listening. I think that's a huge point. Some of you guys spend so much time on something that you learned someplace, you know, 10 years ago that you're supposed to mirror and match and use their exact language and their body language and all these things. And you're so distracted by that that you're not actually drilling down and listening to what they need so you can deliver it. Point number five, always follow up with, 
something of value, and a call to action. So I've given you some sample scripts. This is what some of our premier clients and some of our podcast listeners were searching for. How do you actually do that? So for buyers, you said you wanted a three-bedroom, two-bath, two-car garage with a private backyard in the ABC school district and that you didn't want to go over 450000 Well, I've just previewed two homes which absolutely meet your needs. I can't wait for you to see them. Let's go either tomorrow at 4 p.m. or this evening. That way you can be the first to see them. Call me back to let me know which time works best for you. Okay? Versus, hey, call me back if you're interested or calling them if you even call three days later when those things that meet their criteria are already in contract. So hopefully you can see the difference. With sellers, I can't wait to meet you and see your home so I can help you get it sold by the time your new home awaits you. You said that should be in about 90 days, so I'm excited to get to work for you so you won't have the stress of two homes. I'll see you Saturday morning. Make sure you check out the packet of information I sent before we meet and call me if you have any questions at all. See you Saturday. Versus not calling to confirm at all, not closing at all, not using a pre-listing package. And then I've got another one for post-listing follow-up. Hopefully you guys are, are seeing the difference. Yes, this is a longer script, but I'm giving them what they asked for, and I'm closing on an actual appointment. So this is a post-closing type of script. This is Liz with ABC Realty just calling to thank you for trusting me with the sale of your home. There's an assumptive close. Here's the next thing that happens. Refer to your listing plan of action. Okay, so this is inserted so you guys can refer to your listing plan of action. Uh, you can count on hearing from me every Friday afternoon with an update until your home sells, which will hopefully be ASAP. Talk to you soon. I've got to get back to work. Versus not following up. Some of you guys lose a listing after having a killer listing presentation because you drop the ball after you've got it. You've got to continue that communication. So homework. Make the commitment to communicate with value and a call to action. ABC means always be closing, but also always be setting appointments. Remember that leads by themselves have no value, only qualified appointments have value, and really it's the closed transaction that leads you to profit. So today's podcast is about starting at the beginning of the transaction. The better you get at the follow-up, something, something of value and a call to action ultimately that tightens the gap between your own closings. So the better you get at the follow-up, the more closings you'll have with better frequency because you are affecting that um, lifeline of business, if you will, the time frame it takes from lead to closing. Does that make sense, Tim? I don't know if I'm explaining that right. It, it does. No, no, it's yours. So, but here, here's the thing also to consider. We get a lot of questions about um, you know, electronic lead follow-up. And we get a lot of questions about CRMs and databases and drip campaigns, and we get a lot of that type of thing. Um, so I'll bottom line it for you guys, and it's going to fly in the face of everything else you're hearing from everybody. It, but here's just a bottom line fact. Long-term lead follow-up is a waste of time. Not 100% waste of time, but waste of time in such an extent that it's really not even worth doing. Okay? I know I'm flying in the face of virtually everything that everyone's been taught in the past 11 or 12 years. But statistically, when anyone, you know, when anybody studied this, they found what I said is true. Your best prospects are the ones that are calling you right now that you're sending to your voicemail. What a lot of you guys have done is you've made a critical, huge mistake in your business, in your lead follow-up plan, your philosophy of doing business, that you think that you drop somebody in a lead in a long-term lead follow-up bucket where you're going to drip on them and you're going to do all these other things that they're somehow miraculously going to raise their hand six months, seven months. And maybe you've got one or two examples where that's actually played out, and you're hanging your hat on those one or two examples. But what has been the cost, 
literal financial costs, but also the opportunity cost of, of throwing your leads in a long-term lead follow-up bucket. What, it's, what many of you do when you have systems like that, which pretty much all of you do, is that you stop doing the immediate urgent lead follow-up. Okay? You don't do the furiously fast lead follow-up because you're just going to wait on your electronic system to do the real work for you. See how insane that is? That means you are literally blowing off all those new, all the, the best leads that come in. Are the, they call you. You answer the damn phone. Don't delegate it. In anybody's business, the last thing you delegate, last two things you delegate, and frankly, I don't even prescribe anyone delegates listing appointments, um, and you shouldn't delegate your lead follow-up either. You, sh or, or, you know, essentially pre-qualifying new leads. Never delegate those two things. Do it yourself. You will never find anybody that's consistent enough that is good enough as you. If you're not consistent and you're not good at it, get better at it, but you're not going to hire someone that's going to ever be as good as you. There are companies out there, and I find this hilarious, who are literally making it so you guys funnel your leads to them. They call the leads back. They pre-qualify. They send the leads back to you pre-qualified and charge you a referral fee for the leads you generated. There are companies that do that. That is so stupid to me that it's not – I can't even wrap my mind around that. Because why? They get horrible when that is on that deal, right? Assuming it even they gets don't converted like to that, business though. at all, right? So you yeah. paid for the lead in the first place. Then you're going to pay for somebody to convert it for you? Really? Are you next going to pay for somebody else to do your CMA and somebody else to go on the appointment? That way you can net ne a negative number? <laughs> I don't know. What you I guys think, think is so. you, you, you guys actually have believed that your time is more, was worth more than it actually is. You actually believe that, that what you're supposed to do in real estate is delegate everything. You actually believe that. You've been sold a bunch of bullshit. The reality of it is, is if you want to profit, run, run a profitable business, you do not have a big team. Big teams do not generate big profit. They might generate big revenue, but not big profit, number one. Number two, long-term lead follow-up doesn't work. Urgent lead follow-up works. Putting people in JIP campaigns, if you want to do it, go for it. Just don't expect anything to come from it. Here's our lead follow-up rule. You don't need a 7-7 plan or a 27-2 plan or all these other overly analytical, ridiculous, stupid plans. Here's your lead follow-up rule. When you get a lead, especially a listing lead because we focus on listings, when you get a listing lead, you follow up with them until one of two things happens. They list with you or somebody else or they file a restraining order against you. That's your lead follow-up rule. There's not, I'm going to call them three times, and I'm going to text them two times, and I'm going to start mailing them, and I'm going to put in my long-term lead follow-up plan. Guys, that's not how to think. That's crazy. That's, I don't even understand why any of you would even remotely think that that was a smart way to run your business. That buyer or that seller is going to be a customer of an agent who basically called them back right away or answered the phone in the first place. Julie and I, I can literally remember some of our largest real estate commission checks came from Julie or I, even when we had staff in our real estate, because we did have a real estate team, even when we did have a real estate team, the most profitable transactions came from us doing the lead follow-up ourselves and not delegating it. And it was, it was miraculous. You know, sure enough, the business wasn't, the leads didn't suck. The buyer's agents were just being lazy. How about that? They just weren't following the script. They weren't calling people back on time. You can't fight against human nature. You can't, if ultimately your goal in your real estate business is to make a profit, you're going to have to be really critical about what the, the decisions that you've made. 
And you've got to realize that the path you followed with regards to some of these – I'm speaking to the broader audience here. These big teams, they're not going to survive the change in the economy. The expansion teams, uh, give me a break. The, uh, the pro- idea of running a business with marginal profit is crazy. As soon as you have a couple bad months in a row, those businesses are going to be out of business. By business, I mean real estate teams. Uh, real estate brokerages, it's the same situation. You guys have all gotten addicted to buying leads and thinking you can delegate everything. Teams, this is who I'm referring to. You need to realize before it's too late that your business is not profitable. You're not making 30, 40, 50% margins out of your business. You're not really making any profit. What you've created for yourself is a job. That's what you've done. And look, you're not alone. A lot of other people are in the same situation. We've had, you know, you guys listen to our past podcast interviews. We've had some people who have literally had the biggest teams in the country saying that forming a team was the biggest mistake they ever made. We had another guy named Steve Murray from Real Trends who said most teams make less than a 10% profit margin total. Most brokerages make less than a 3% profit margin total. Why? Why is that happening? Because agents are spending, brokers are spending too much money on buying leads, for one. They're spending too much money on automated systems, for two. They're spending no money or they're putting no emphasis on sales skills and people actually being professional salespeople. Those would be probably my three big reasons. So what you need to do is pivot your business and your mindset towards focusing all your best energies every day on figuring out what your real estate magic number is and being a listing agent. And when you do that, you don't need a big army of staff. You guys can manage. You'll be stunned. You could easily manage 50, 60, 75 listings at all times with probably no more than three full-time staff people, probably two and a half, easily. Because when you work listings, it's a professional relationship. When you work listings, it's not it's you know mental labor, as Julie says, and not physical labor. You get your nights and weekends back. Everything at that point can be made into a system. The other way you guys are doing business now, why are agents doing business that way? Why are teams doing business that way? It's because they want to brag about having done more transactions. They're not getting rich from doing it. They're not producing any profit from doing it. They're just running numbers through. That's what this business, that's what the whole team model is all about. It's not about actually making profit, not profit in the way that essentially we prescribe to agents to do. You guys get it? So you have a choice to make, but the problem is, is that you really don't have a choice to make. I like to say you have a choice to make because you know, it makes me sound a little bit more neutral to it. But truth is, if with the changing economy that's going to really be seeding in, obviously all over the country, probably later this year, into next year, it's not because Donald Trump's president or it's not because of any political reasons. It's because of the cycle in the economy. That's coming our way. You know, next year into 2020, for sure, there's going to be a recession. Assume it's going to happen. Are you positioned for it? Are you ready for it? Have you shifted your spending habits, you know, around away from buying leads to maybe, you know, buying uh, rental properties and producing passive income? Are you going to wait until it's too late or are you going to take the actions now? Guys, number one job of all of you is to focus on becoming a listing agent. The listing opportunities are going to be abundant. The number of agents that know how to get the listing sold in a changing market, let alone a buyer's market, are going to be scarce. That's the opportunity for all of you. I hope you're paying attention to that. Brokers, if you basically have an office full of agents who are buying leads from Zillow and Realtor.com, if, you, if you're maybe buying leads for your agents, you better wake up before it's too late. Be honest with yourself. Look at your, look at your P&L. Look what's happened to your profit margins. You're not making any profit, are you? 
Why are you continuing to do it? You think things are going to get better? You know they're not. It's because you don't know what to do. You don't know the next move to make. Here's what I want you to consider doing. Email me directly if you want some help. And I'll, I'll tell you guys exactly what to do and how to do it, as we are literally countless other brokers and teams and all the rest of it. Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. And agents, if you guys want a free coaching call, just go to FreeCoachingCallsForAgents.com, FreeCoachingCallsForAgents.com. Have a fantastic day, guys. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. And for those of you who are coming to our event, we're looking forward to seeing you. Remember, it starts officially on Saturday. So we'll talk with you then. Thanks. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>